Hello there, and welcome to The Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I'm glad you could tune in to this episode titled, Anesthesia and Text Messaging Don't Mix. That's right. You're not supposed to text and drive, nor text and walk, might I add. Well, and for those of you who don't know my daughter, let me just say, uh, she learned the hard way. Don't text and ride a horse. It can bruise your tailbone as you fly off the back of the horse. So anyhow, each and every podcast, I include what I call a pod quote. It's a a quote or a scripture or tidbit of something that I hope makes you go, hmm, I like that. I need to remember it. So today's pod quote is, communication is an exchange of information, but connection is an exchange of the human spirit. I'll repeat that for you. Communication is is an exchange of information, but connection is an exchange of the human spirit. And I will credit that to myself because I came up with it a little while ago. (laughs) I was looking for all kinds of quotes on communication and nothing seemed to hit right with me because I wanted to talk about communication and connection today. So I'm really not talking about anesthesia uh, or text messaging, and yet I am, and I'll get it into more of that a little bit later. So this has been on my mind for a a while now about communication. When I was in college, I took classes in communication. Of course, way back then, what was taught in those those college courses is quite different than what's taught now. We didn't have the World Wide Web or a thousand TV channels or satellite or or the dark web um, or social media formats and text messaging. The forms of communication we have access to now are far more advanced and a whole lot more in number and high tech than we used to have. But I wonder sometimes, as I'm sure some of you have, do they really make that much of a difference when it comes to communicating? Sure, it's easier in some ways and for the most part, definitely quicker. Email is a breeze. Text messaging can be challenging, and sometimes it can be instantaneous, although it has its problems too. But has it made us better communicators? And more importantly, from my perspective and from my heart, my question is, has it made us better communicators of the love of Jesus Christ? So if you research how to be a good communicator, what you'll find is some basic teachings that probably read something like, in order to better understand how to communicate with someone, it's probably best to establish that good communication is made up of several different things, including active listening, appropriate posture and body language, friendly, appropriate tones, eye contact, speaking clearly and concisely, having a demeanor of confidence and friendliness as you communicate. Of course, let's be clear, this is under the assumption uh, like I was taught way back when, <laughs> that you're communicating in person eye to eye with someone else, right? Or at the very least speaking with someone over the phone. The basics of what to do and what not to do, though, have taken on a whole different set of skill set than they used to. Um, definitely different than, or at least in part different than what I just explained in my little how-to communicate list. If you're text messaging or emailing, no one can see the look in your eyes. They can't hear the tone in your voice. They can't see your body language, like seeing you talk with your hands, which is what I'm doing right now, by the way. So if you hear a little clink or clunk or clack, 
during my podcast, it's either my dog's little tap, tap, tap as she walks across the floor, or it's me hitting something with my hands, the microphone or the computer, because even right now I'm talking with my hands. I usually look like I'm trying to direct traffic or land a plane while I'm talking, even if no one is sitting in front of me. In fact, my husband makes fun of me all the time because I can be talking to someone on the phone, but I'm still talking with my hands. I don't know. They say people who talk with their hands are great communicators. At least I hope so. (laughs) So, but the world has changed a whole lot. I mean, vastly in the past five, 10, 20 years alone. There used to be some sort of online etiquette that was expected and even spelled out if you were in a chat room or on a forum or some social media platform. Not so any longer. Rules of online engagement have been shot all to heck. No, it's it's pretty much anything and everything goes. If you think it, you can post it. If you eat it, you can share a picture of it. If you feel like stripping down to your thong in a push-up bra and taking pictures of yourself, you can let the whole world know what your crack looks like in an instant. And it all goes. It's all fair forms of communication in today's world. Because all of it, whether some people understand it or not, communicates something. It may not always be what they want it to communicate, but it definitely communicates something. You don't even have to say a word, though in order to communicate with someone. And it's always been that way, but even more so today. I mean, just remember, sometimes silence can be extremely loud. Not communicating, communicate something. You can speak volumes just by a look or a touch. If you look at someone with a smile on your face and you kind of have a little glint or a sparkle in your eye, you can make someone's heart flutter. If you look at someone with anger or any of this scowling, grumpy-looking look on your face, you can hurt someone's feelings. If you use your fist to punch someone in the face, you have successfully communicated that you're angry or you disapprove of them in one way or another, or you're just a violent jerk. But either way, you've sent a message, right? If you put your arms around someone and you give them a hug of encouragement, or maybe you reach over to hold their hand, you've just communicated something to them without ever saying a word. But that's also different than the type of communication we're seeing on the internet where posting a picture speaks volumes. I think the old quote is, a picture's worth a thousand words. Oh, it's so much more relevant than ever, isn't it? I mean, perhaps it should be changed to a picture speaks a thousand comments or a thousand retaliating posts or a picture commands a thousand likes or dislikes or rudeness or salacious remarks or a bunch of threats. You name it but it's all communicating something. What does your communication say to others? That's something else that's been on my mind. I've been thinking about myself. How do I communicate and what do I communicate to others that I'm meaning to or not meaning to? I challenge you to just think about your face-to-face communication, but also your high-tech text messaging, email, social media communication. Does it reflect really who you are? Does it reflect that you have Jesus in your life? Do you emanate light through your posts, your comments, your emojis, your pictures? Or are you just doling out snarky comments with very little regard for who might be reading or watching? Because I've been kind of convicted of that. I, I'm I, a little bit of a smart aleck. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're shocked. If you don't know me well, you won't be shocked. <laughs> or If you know me well, you won't be shocked. Let's let's say it that way. Talk about communicating. Let me communicate this. 
sometimes that can be a little snarky <laughs> and a bit of a smart aleck. Um, usually in fun and in jest and, and definitely not uh, meaning to be mean or, or rude to anyone, but sometimes it can come across the wrong way. I have to be more intentional about what I say and do at times. Not saying being politically correct. What's on my heart, what's on my mind is what's on my heart and what's on my mind. That doesn't mean I should always share it. So I have to be careful in, in what comes out of my mouth and what I share because I want people to be able to connect with me so I can connect them to Christ. Are you making a connection with anyone or with them? And by them, I mean your family members, friends, or strangers in a way that points them to Christ, whether it's communicating in person or through a letter or online. Communication in some way, some format, verbal, nonverbal, writing, speaking, singing, texting, dancing, I, I don't know, taking pictures is vital to making a connection with someone else because it's communication and connection is dependent upon communication. Think about it this way. How would we have known about Jesus Christ in the first place without God connecting with us? How did he do that from the beginning of time? Well, first of all, he spoke and everything was. He just spoke everything into life. That's communication. He communicated with us. God spoke to Adam in the Garden of Eden. Um, he told Noah to build an ark. He spoke to Jonah and to Moses and a bunch of other people. He communicated via angels as his messengers. And I mean, how many miracles through Jesus Christ and others? I mean, be between healing and parting the Red Sea, he communicated with us also what his expectations were of us by giving us the Ten Commandments. And by giving us uh, the Gospels. He speaks also through dreams and visions. You don't think so? Well, there are a lot of people today who have dreams and visions. But if you also look in the Bible and research Joseph, Peter, John, Jacob, Paul. And those are just to name a few. He came to them in dreams and visions. God can even speak to us and, and actually primarily speaks to us through his word. Through the very word that he gave us. In the way that it speaks to our hearts. It's written in our DNA. It's part of who we are. We just have to tap into it. And he didn't just speak in an audible, audible voice. Although he does. He communicated and still communicates today by revealing himself to us. Um, he could speak to us through a mere whisper like he did to Elijah. Or through songs and nature, through what some would consider coincidence or accidental happenings, but what are actually acts of God, signs from God and miracles. He can speak to us also through his servants, through other children of God, he speaks to us. And through us, he speaks to other people, if we let him. And sometimes, really, he doesn't need our permission, does he? He's God. God's um, modes of communication, though, are innumerable and infinite. I can list them on and on and on in an infinite number of examples from the Bible, from history, from people I know, from myself, because his ways of communicating with us knows no bounds. But we, on the other hand, are limited. 
Okay, and some of us are more limited than others, and I'm speaking also for myself, not just other people, but we're limited by the things that are naturally a part of being a human being, maybe naturally a part of what our gifts and talents are, and technology, because technology is great. We live in an industrialized, high-tech society, but sometimes it limits us in ways that we think it wouldn't, even though it's supposed to assist us. So isn't it interesting that we now have so many more advanced modes of communication in our society than ever before, and yet people are feeling more and more disconnected from each other. They're lonelier. They're emptier. They're more lost. It takes effort, though, be it face-to-face, video chat, daily messaging, whatever it is, to communicate with someone in order to connect with them. It takes willingness to open up and be intimate with someone and willingness to share burdens, to be vulnerable even at times, or willingness to pray, to learn and to grow with someone or grow together for a connection to be made in the first place and for that connection to be sustained and to grow. I'm taking a social media marketing class and one thing they talk about is how personalized social media posts are one of the best marketing tools out there now. And the best way to reach other people is by personalizing your communication. In other words, don't just post something that says, I sell Tupperware and I have these things on sale right now. And no, this is not an endorsement for Tupperware. It's just the first thing that came off the top of my head. It could be shoes. It could be handbags. It could be jewelry, whatever it is. But instead of just saying, Hey, I sell Tupperware instead, write up what you have for sale but personalize it. In other words, describe what it is, what's so great about it, how you use it, and why it's relevant to your life. And even better, if you make a brief video or take a picture of you using it and post it, that will sell your product because that's personalizing your product or personalizing your social media space, and it, it's relatable. It allows other people to connect with you on a personal level. Even though it's about selling a product, It's personalized. So maybe you don't sell anything though, and you're just online to, oh, oh, I don't know, use it how it was supposedly first intended to socialize, but you never personalize your account. What happens? Well, you won't make very many friends. You won't connect with your family members like you thought. And all you'll be doing is basically being a voyeur. You're looking in the window out at other people's lives. And I think there are probably millions of people who do that. But guess what? You aren't communicating anything to anyone except silence. And it can be deafening to them. Is that your intention? Or is it your intention to actually socialize? You don't have to be a constant open book. Okay. You don't have to overshare. Okay. Everyone repeat after me. I don't have to overshare on social media. And you don't have to post every time you go through the drive-thru for fries or have to take x or tell everyone that you have constipation because, okay, it's the big C. That's what we call it in our, <laughs> that's what we call it in our houses, the big C. And yes, it's constipation and we call diarrhea the big D. And I don't know why I'm whispering, but we whisper it here and we call it the big C and the big D. Okay. But anyway, we don't need to know when you have it. It's bad enough that uh, big brother and the internet is watching in and you can almost anymore just speak the word Uh, that you have diarrhea and all of a sudden on your Facebook or your Instagram or some other social media, an ad will come up for x Okay, it's bad. 
All right. But we don't need to post it. We, <laughs> that's a little bit too much. That's a little bit too vulnerable. Uh, but if you want to open yourself up to socialize, then you do have to get a little bit personal on some level. That doesn't mean everybody has to know what you're doing every minute. So you don't have to worry about that. I know there are some people who do that. They post every little thing, where they are, what they're doing, who they're with, what they eat, what their stomach's feeling, what their emotions are saying. And for some reason, some people have learned they need that attention. They want that attention or they think they need that attention. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about connection. Seeking attention and seeking connection are two different things. But if we personalize our communication, it will help us better to connect with other people. God is a personal God. He doesn't just communicate. He connects with us on a very personal level. We have to take our cues from Jesus. In order to connect, we must communicate. So whether you do it in person, online, or text messaging, or I don't care, carrier pigeon, email, or you set up a grandstand and you want to preach, in order to communicate effectively, you need to personalize your communication. And when you do, that is when you will connect. With connection brings the opportunity to be an example to others and it brings the ability to bring Jesus and his love to other people. I mean, if you think about having heard sermons before, most people are drawn to a church or a pastor uh, where they hear a sermon that involves a personalized message and where the pastor puts something personal in it, not just so you can know who he is, or kind of know a little bit about his business. But so you can understand that he's a real person too. He's just a human being and his calling is to preach. Yes, he has to answer for his calling. Just like you have to answer for yours. Um, whether you do it or you don't do it. Whether you're successful in it or not. Whether you're afraid to do it or, or you push it off. Whatever it is God wants us to do, we're supposed to do. But when that pastor or that speaker, uh, be it a woman or a man, they're up there preaching... And the message that they have from Jesus Christ is then personalized. It creates not just a communication of the word, but it creates a connection for you. And that connection is what draws people to God. Because, again, God is a personal God. Think about this in the form of your relationships at home and at church. With friends or potential friends. Um, anybody that you might want to communicate with. We have a, a, a great breakdown at times. And I'm going to use the church as an example. Okay. So we have this breakdown in our church congregations because people may communicate with each other on a surface level and say hi to each other in the foyer over donuts and coffee. Or, or maybe they're on the same Facebook pages and they like the same posts on Facebook. But they're not spending time together as a church family. Seeing someone in passing for five minutes ahead of a church service is not the same as connecting with someone in a way that makes a lasting connection or creates a lasting Christian support system that we all need. It's the same thing with family. If you only spend 15 minutes with a family member a couple times a year and you text them now and then, you're heading to the edge of losing your connection if you haven't already lost it. And it goes both ways. If one person is reaching out to you, whether it's a family or a friend, and saying, hey, I want to talk to you soon, or can we chat, or they're texting you, or they're inviting you to lunch, or to breakfast, or to come over and visit, but you rarely say yes, or you don't even respond at all, let's be clear. You have just communicated with your family member or friend that you don't care about them, 
they're going to feel like basically you don't give a crap. Let's be honest. So if that is not your intended message, you need to take a deep breath. You need to take a step back and pray over it. You need to look a little deeper and make some changes because my dear friends, your connection with that person is going to be lost and it could be lost forever. Sometimes when we forgo communication for whatever the reasons are, you may be busy, you may be stressed, you may have hurt feelings, you may just be a selfish person at times. Like we all go through times where we're selfish. It may, you just may be that you feel inconvenienced. Well, that's when we lose the connection is when we fall for all those things and we either use them as, as a reason, which some of those things are reasons, or we use them as an excuse. But once that connection is gone, it can be extremely difficult to get it back. It's not impossible, but it's difficult. We can only blame uh, just so much on miscommunication, by the way, when it comes to relationships. Let's be honest again. I'm big on honesty. (laughs) Sometimes it's just plain old refusal to take the time to communicate because we have a fear of connecting. If we connect, we might have to commit. If we commit, then we may have to open ourselves up to something more than a simple five-minute hola and adios once a week. We may have to actually make ourselves vulnerable at some point or take time away from something else that we really want to do. And this is where we have to remember what are our priorities and seek God to help us get those priorities in order and for strength to get things in our lives in the place that they should be including our relationships, including our level of communication so that we have the connection that we need because we all need connection. And I will say, I'm, I sometimes have an issue with this myself, especially if I've been hurt or stung by someone because I used to put myself out there and put myself out there and put myself out there. And even when I got hurt, um, I would still do it again. And then I would hurt even more. And I just got to the point where I was so tired of being raw and hurt all the time. So I have to force myself to try and try and try again with the people that I know are in my heart, with the people that I know God has put in my life for a reason, with the the family and friends that I love dearly. But even if they don't uh, understand at the moment what the separation is or what the problem is, I have to keep putting myself out there and trying. So it's a challenge for me too. And social media. Oh boy. I do not like social media. I'm on it. Not on it very often. Although I'm on Instagram way more than Facebook. In fact, I took a three and a half year hiatus from Facebook because I dislike it so much. Sorry, Facebook, but true. Um, but I don't post on there very often, but even on my Instagram, through this marketing course and through some encouragement from other people, I've been trying really hard to work to be more personal and have my posts personalized. And I'm getting there, but I have past pains and past hurts that I'm trying to get over. And I've been stalked before, um, two different times, very seriously stalked. So I'm extremely um, hesitant and cautious about putting very personal things on social media. And it's hard for me. And and I'm not saying we shouldn't be cautious. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be safe. We absolutely should. But there's also a balance to be had there. So again, I'm right there with you. And for me, it's a challenge as well. But I'm challenging you today and myself. 
So I'm, I totally understand if you're one of those people who's saying to yourself right now, but I stink at communicating, Karen. I, I don't know what to say to people, or I don't even know how to initiate um, maybe new relationships with people or, or reaching out to other people and telling them about God. I get that too. Again, we've all been burned before and sometimes we have a fear or sometimes we're just shy, but we were made to connect. And even if we only connect for the sake of sharing Jesus with someone, we were still designed to connect. And more importantly, the number one thing is we were definitely designed to share Jesus and his love. For those of you who are not in the, that um, great communicator category, you are not alone. Heck, uh, um, I have days when I feel like I can't even communicate with myself properly. <laughs> I mean, even in written communication, good old fashioned written communication, something that I should be good at most of the time since I'm a writer and a speaker should be easy for me, right? Um, yeah, no, there are days I can't even read my own writing. Literally, I've never had beautiful handwriting anyhow, but now it's just plain what you would call chicken scratch. And actually, probably chicken scratches doesn't even describe it correctly. I think if you, um, okay, if you took little golf pencils and you tied them to cat's paws and you set a mouse free, the result of that would probably be what my handwriting looks like. <laughs> plus, uh, plus I'm a, at a place in my life where I don't just make a list in my phone of what I need to do for the next day, but I also make a to-do list every night and set it on the counter for myself so I can see it the next morning. Then I have to write myself a note and set it by, set it by my bedside to remind myself that I left myself a note on the counter and I still forget things. <laughs> uh, one time I was walking around the house talking to my aunt and I was so frustrated because I was looking for my cell phone. It was, this went on for like 10 minutes and it was in my hand because I was talking to my aunt on the cell phone as I was looking for my cell phone for 10 minutes. Uh, memories. Isn't that, those that song memories like the corners of my, I don't remember what. Yes, that's a whole nother podcast. Maybe we'll talk about that sometime if I can remember to do it. Okay. <laughs> back to, back to communication and connection. There are times um, when someone has taken great pains to communicate with me, though, and I just don't get it. I mean, I may read or reread something and it just doesn't sink in. Or I just read something the wrong way. Oh, it's so easy to do. Especially when I can't hear their voice or see the expression on their face. Because that physical, um, nonverbal cues and all of that, that makes a difference for me. I'm, I'm a very, um, um, what do you call it? Um... Um, I, I'm just a very, um, God, that, see, my memory just like slipped right out of my head. Anyway, if I see something, I'm much more likely to remember it. Even reading something as simple as directions, though, sometimes that doesn't sink in with me well, whether it's a recipe or something else. So I very, very rarely follow a recipe. I just make something up as I go along. Um, but if I see something or I write it down, I, I have a, a better chance of remembering it. But that doesn't mean I always comprehend what I'm reading or what's being communicated with me. So even bold, easy to read print. Yeah, it just depends on where my brain is. Sometimes it doesn't translate well and it takes me a while. I love to read. And if it's something that's not stressful and I'm reading a book, totally different. But if I have to remember it 
or I have to comprehend it in a moment doesn't always happen. <laughs> I sound just like a, a brilliantly intelligent person, don't I? Um, I think I'm fairly intelligent. I don't know about brilliant, but um, I think really I'm probably normal. I'm probably, I know, don't, I know I hear people right now who know me who are listening to this podcast and going, no way in the heck are you normal, <laughs> but I'm probably more like you all, or you all are more like me than, than most of us think. So just this past month, I had one of those, um, the only way I can put it is duh experiences. I made, uh, oatmeal several times in the past month. And when I make my oatmeal, I love to put cinnamon on it. And a friend of mine moved and gave us several different spices from his cabinet because he didn't want to move them uh, with him. So I added those to my spice rack because I I love to cook. And I had run out of uh, the brand of oatmeal I had. So I went and got a different brand because it was on sale and it's gluten-free because I, I eat gluten-free. And so I made the oatmeal this first time and it tasted a little bit different. I thought, well, it's not, it's not great, but I, it's expensive. And even though this was on sale, I didn't want to waste it. So I went ahead and ate it and it kind of had a little bit of a different flavor to it. And so I had it again a week later. And this time I thought, now I'm going to put a little bit more than just a little bit cinnamon on it. So I added extra cinnamon to it, hoping that it would get rid of this kind of, had this um, more earthy, smoky taste to it. So but it didn't, it didn't help. So anyway, a week later, I, I finally decided, okay, I'm going to just try it again one more time. And thinking again that, that maybe, you know, this oatmeal, something's not quite right with it. I mean, it didn't make me sick or anything. I, it, I didn't get sick from it. It just it wasn't the greatest flavor, but I ate it anyhow because I didn't want to waste it. So, um, so I made this oatmeal and, um, as I went to grab the cinnamon to put a mega, mega healthy dose on my oatmeal, hoping I really wouldn't burn my mouth from the cinnamon. Um, I looked a little bit closer. I picked up the bottle and put it even closer to my face. And I realized that I had not, (laughs) I had not been putting cinnamon on my oatmeal. I had been putting coriander on my oatmeal because the bottles were the same color and shape and (laughs) in my spice rack. And I, just really, the, the label didn't communicate with me because my brain wasn't wanting to communicate, apparently. I thought I knew it, and so that is the great coriander incident of 2019. <laughs> I don't suggest coriander on your oatmeal. It didn't make me sick. It wasn't horrible, but it just definitely wasn't that good. Cinnamon tastes much, much better. But my point is, even um, just something as simple as reading something comprehending something, sometimes it's just playing our own fault because we're not paying attention, right? And we might want to blame it on someone or something else. I could say, oh, it's because of the label's not right, or it's my eyes and I'm getting older, which I am, but it wasn't. It was me not paying attention. So, okay. So back to all this great technology we have. Shouldn't we be able to cut down on these miscommunications with all this wonderful new technology that's coming out on a a seemingly daily basis in our world? Don't they say necessity is the mother of invention? Well, I don't really believe that. And if you listen to some of my other podcasts, you'll know that. But shouldn't we ponder or, or take in or even embrace this supposed fact that all this technology was made so we can communicate better, right? Shouldn't we 
ha 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 ha. Yeah, you're, you're probably thinking the same thing I am because just because we have it at our disposal doesn't mean the motivation to communicate and connect comes with our data and internet bundle, does it? I mean, how many text messages do you ignore? I mean, I'm not talking about spam and solicitations and garbage like that. I'm talking about personal text messages. How many times do you feel deep in your spirit also that maybe you're supposed to reach out to someone else and text message them or call them or send them an email and of an encouraging word or just ask them how they are, but you don't. You defer it for a day or two or you ignore it altogether. The motivation of the heart and being connected to Jesus must be our personal foundation if we expect to be successful at connecting with others. But if we ignore the discernment and what the Holy Spirit's doing within us, even if we have that connection to Jesus, because we don't want to communicate or because we're too lazy or we don't want to be inconvenienced, then it doesn't matter how much high-tech stuff we have and how easy it is to communicate and what we have at our disposal to communicate. It's not going to mean a thing because it's our choice not to communicate, isn't it? And when we don't communicate, we don't connect. So on top of that, even though some technology does help us communicate, especially long distance or I don't know, even across the house, as I hear a lot of um, parents complain because they have to text message their children who are in their bedroom and they're sitting in the living room. And I'm thinking, oh, no, no, you get up and knock on the door and drag their behind into the living room. But that's just me. Anyhow, just because we can get an email in a second or we can text message someone in a minute um, doesn't mean that it's always uh, accurate or that's always received right, or it's always sent right either. So let me just say though, um, just because you send a text message and you think it's going to go right then doesn't mean it always will, right? Because part of it depends on your weather, the data connection, your phone carrier, your phone. Sometimes you may send something and think you push sent, but you don't. So I think at times it would be quicker to send a letter via horse and buggy than text messaging because there are times that I can literally be sitting next to my husband and he will, I will say, Hey, can you read this or look this up for me? And he'll say, yeah, yeah. Send, send me the link, text message me the link and I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I will send it to him, but he might not even get it for a day or a, or two later. So it, you can't totally rely on it, but most of the time it does work. And this technology often um, is helpful, but it can get in the way of better communication. Case in point, when I was diagnosed with celiac disease and I was attempting to use this good old voice to text option on my cell phone, um, <laughs> it didn't work so well. And I'm sure many of you had similar experiences, but I had gone into a procedure in the morning and I had to have nine biopsies to determine what issues I was having. Thankfully, we found out that almost everything was fine, except that I definitely had celiac disease. So I was lying on my bed later that day really drowsy from a full day of being at the hospital and having had anesthesia. And so I spoke into my wonderful little smart Alec phone and I sent a group message. I said, Hey everyone, thanks for the prayers. Great news. The doctor said all is fine, but I do have celiac disease. I pushed send and then I fell asleep. So a couple hours later when I woke up, my phone was filled with text messages. 
um, or as my daughter would say, they were blowing up my phone with a whole bunch of LOLs and text messages saying, yeah, we already knew that. Ha ha ha. Because my voice to text option apparently didn't understand my accent or my drowsiness. And what it actually sent was, hey, everyone, thanks for your prayers. Great news. The doctor said all is fine, but I do have silly ass disease. <laughs> and no, it didn't take a doctor doctor to tell me that. I already knew it. Um, but my phone, again, not my smartphone, my smart aleck phone, <laughs> let everyone know I have silly ass disease. Um, that's why I eat gluten-free, by the way. <laughs> so my question to you today is this. Are you communicating and connecting in a way that points other people to Jesus? Whether it's through text messaging, voicemail, high-tech communicating, Instagram, Facebook, all the other social media things, or face-to-face. Think about it. Are your words, your actions, your lack thereof, sharing the love of Christ with anyone are the, are your messages ever hopeful? Are, are you ever inspiring? Can you be joyful and share it? Or are you just constantly communicating your frustrations and your fears and your depression and your negativity and your anger most of the time? Oh, and it's okay to communicate those things because it opens yourself up and, and other people can relate to you. But is that all you communicate? Or do you also communicate that we have a Savior who doesn't just save us praise God that he does and that we have eternal life with him but who is here for us on a daily basis who is here for you are you communicating that think on it pray about it so I challenge you as as I'm challenging myself right here and now to let down any walls that you have any blockades you have any uh, excuses you might have and bad experiences to open yourself up, to communicate in the ways that God wants you to, so you can connect with whomever he wants you to. Okay, so I really appreciate you tuning in today. I would uh, ask you to please hop on over to Instagram, if you're on Instagram, and look for One Woman Inspired. That's the number one, followed by Woman Inspired. And if you would follow me, I'd appreciate it. And if you'll share this podcast with others, that would be great. They can find it on Google Play, in the Apple Store, on Podbean, or they can go to my website, which is womaninspired.com, and there is a um, podcast player right there on the homepage of my website. I appreciate you so much, and let me throw that uh, pod quote back at you today in case you didn't catch it earlier and you want to write it down. Ready? Communication is an exchange of information. But connection is an exchange of the human spirit.